Welcome to episode 15 of Murder, We Write. I'm your host, Carol Goodman-Kaufman. On this podcast, I talk with crime writers whose short stories and novels run the gamut from cozies to domestic thrillers. We'll learn from them about their craft, their process, and the business of writing. My guest today is award-winning author Edith Maxwell. Under her real name, she has written three mystery series, Quaker Midwife, Local Foods, and Lauren Rousseau. As Maddie Day, her pen name, she has written another three cozies, Country Store, Cozy Capers, and Cece Barton. While writing has been a lifelong craft for Edith, her fiction career took a few detours before she penned her many capers. In 2013, she left high-tech to write mystery fiction full-time and is now living her dream. And boy, is she ever prolific. Welcome, Edith, to Murder We Write. Let's jump right into my first question. You are so very productive. How do you structure your writing, though, so that you can keep track of so many different settings and characters? That's a great question, Carol, and thank you so much for inviting me over to this podcast. Yes, I write three or four books a year, and I do my best to keep the characters and the settings distinct and to focus on one book at a time. That's the short answer. The long answer is that, um, for example, in the Country Store Mysteries, they're set in southern Indiana. When the series began with Flipped for Murder, Robbie Jordan is 28. She has just renovated an old country store and opened a breakfast and lunch restaurant in a fictional town called South Lick in Brown County, Indiana. Um, In my Cozy Capers book group mysteries, Mac Almeida is in her late 30s, and she runs a bike shop on Cape Cod in a fictional town. And the Cozy Capers book group reads only Cozy Mysteries, and that crew of uh, book group members are her 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 posse for helping her solve the murders that happen in that small town. And my new series, Cece Barton Mysteries, um, which are set in my home state of California, about which I am so delighted. Um, Cece is a 42-year-old widow uh, with a daughter in college, and her twin sister convinces her to move uh, north from Pasadena to the beautiful wine-producing region of the Alexander Valley. So they're all very different. I don't mix them up. Um, but I also, you know, despite having silver hair, I'm not retired. This is my full-time job, and I'm working by 7 every morning um, so that I can complete a first draft and polish a whole book at once, you know, without, I can't work it on one book in the morning and one in the afternoon. Um, that model of especially trying to crank out the first draft in one go blows up sometimes if I get in proofs on a book in a different series and they're due in two weeks and the book isn't due for two months. I have to put down the book, do the proofs, send them in, and the same thing happens with copy edits. But I really do try to focus really focus on one book at a time. Wow. Aside from a serious case of admiration for your work ethic, your answer prompts a bunch of other questions. For one, you write about so many different places and occupations. 
Are these all based on your own life experience? Actually, no. <laughs> um, that is, in parts they are. Um, I lived in southern Indiana for five years getting a doctorate at the Indiana University. Um, and so the, my southern Indiana setting was in the next county. <clears throat> and um, I really, really love that part of the world. Um, I, I'm a coastal Californian, and I thought I would feel very uh, claustrophobic in the Midwest, and I didn't at all. They have lakes, and uh, it, it's just the pace of life is slower, and the town of Bloomington has got a big university in a small town, and it's just a delightful place to live. Um, the setting of the Cape Cod series is... Um, uh, vaguely based on an area where I rent uh, a retreat cottage, a little retreat cottage, um, a couple times a year during the off-season, you know, after Labor Day and before Memorial Day, for a solo writing retreat. And so I go there and I kind of soak up the smells and sounds and what's blooming and how things feel. Uh, for that setting, for the Cozy Capers books, um, in Northern California, my uncle and aunt built a house there 50 years ago in the Alexander Valley. And um, I've been going to visit that whole time off and on. And I've, in the last couple of years, my Uncle Dick, who's still going strong at 96, um, let me stay in it to do research and do some writing. And so I'm really, I know that area fairly well, even though I'm from Southern California originally. Uh, so those parts, the settings, are areas that I know to an extent. The life experiences, I've never run a restaurant, you know, I've never managed a wine bar, I've never owned a bike shop, but um, that's what research is for, right? And how did you come to choose the cozy of all the types of mystery? to be set in these various places. When I first started writing a mystery, I was mostly reading cozy mysteries written by women with female protagonists, as well as the uh, female private investigator mysteries of Sarah Paretsky and Sue Grafton. So it's what I like to read. Um, I don't want to read noir or scary suspense, scary thrillers. Um, I want my world at the end of a book to, to end up in a good place. So I don't feel worse about the outside world when I'm done reading a book. And I'm not very scared to go to bed at night. Um, some suspense is fine, but I don't want to be terrified uh, because of something I've read. And I do have this hyperactive imagination, uh, so that, that can lead to bad dreams sometimes. Um, and so, really, I write what I like to read. I mean, authors spend a long time with a book, and we're completely immersed in it. I'm immersed in the characters and the story, and I might look like I'm washing dishes, but I'm actually still writing when I'm when I'm in the middle of a first draft, particularly. I might look like I'm out 
taking a walk to the post office, but I'm writing. I'm, I'm completely uh, absorbed in this story. Um, and so if I'm going to be absorbed in a story, I need it to, to be something I want to live with. Uh, I think Hank Philippi Ryan says, you've got to be willing to go on a cross-country train ride with these characters of this story because you can't escape them. So that's why I write cozy and traditional mysteries. Um, my seven historical Quaker midwife mysteries are um, amateur sleuth. They are slightly darker, but they're definitely historical, traditional mysteries um, in that same amateur sleuth vein of justice is restored to the community at the end. Edith, maybe I should back up a little. Can you explain to our listeners who may not be familiar with the various subgenre within mystery writing what a cozy actually is? Of course. A cozy mystery is a subset of the traditional mystery. And it's a puzzle kind of mystery, usually featuring an amateur sleuth, maybe always featuring an amateur sleuth who is usually a woman. Her job is not to solve the mystery. She runs an organic farm. She manages a wine bar. She owns a bike shop. She runs a breakfast and lunch restaurant, that kind of thing. And um, she, she and her cohort of, of regulars that occur across the series find a dead body, and they um, have some very good reason to investigate how that person died by malicious intent. They, um, it might be her best friend's a suspect, or the protagonist's job is at risk, whatever it is. Um, in addition, um, there's no violence. As I said, they find the body, but you don't see the blood spurting out of wounds. You don't see the throat being cut or whatever, the gunshot. They, um, they, people in the, these books have romance, but they close the bedroom door before it gets too exciting. Enough said about that. And you don't read swear words. You don't read obscenities. You might read that she swore or he cursed, but you're not going to read the actual words. Most importantly, justice is restored to the community in the end. They catch the bad guy, the bad guy's behind bars, and the stability and stasis of the community is restored and people feel comfortable again. And that's, that's really important. Thanks for explaining that, Edith. Now I'd like to ask you about your writing process. Do you have a special place to write, a room of your own? And how long does it take you to write a first draft? You're so prolific. How many revisions do you do? I am lucky enough to have an upstairs office with a door that closes, uh, with a 30-second commute to walk upstairs with my cup of coffee. And I'm delighted to be able to do that. Um, I'm working every morning by 7, usually not Sunday, but every other morning. And I can write a first draft in about two months or under, depending on what's happening in my life, because I work every day and 
I stay there until my word count for the day is done. Uh, in first draft, that's usually about 1,500 words, um, but often it goes over. And then I have a couple of months to revise and polish and edit and make it the best book I can make it. Um, so that's my process is really just staying with it, staying with the story, following it and seeing where it goes, and then fixing what I have to fix. So Edith, when you were doing your doctorate in linguistics, did it ever occur to you at that point that you would be writing mysteries now? And do you think that that training has helped you become a better writer? No. The short answer is no. I never expected to be writing fiction now. Um, I wrote a lot of fiction as a child, and then I didn't write any until I was in my 40s again. Although I did a lot of other kinds of writing, including academic writing, when I was getting my doctorate. I think the doctorate has helped me to be disciplined, to know how to do research in certain areas, although the kind of research I did was pre-internet when I was earning my doctorate. It was a long time ago. But um, it gave me a sense of accomplishment, uh, as did like running and finishing the Boston Marathon once on a charity number, but I finished it, and it um, gave me a sense of accomplishment in my life and, and that confidence to, you know, I want to write a book, I'm going to write a book. I can write a book. I can figure it out. I can make it better. Um, but it's, there's really, I mean, academic writing is so so dry and so full of the passive voice. It's really nothing about the kind of creativity that I use as a fiction writer. Um, so it's other, other um, intangibles that I took from earning my doctorate, finishing it, that I think I put to work as a full-time fiction author, mystery author. Well, we have more in common than I realized, Edith. I, too, have a doctorate. Mine is in psychology, but I realized too late that I really didn't enjoy it. And it was precisely the dry writing and that passive voice, that awful passive voice that drove me crazy. And when my advisor told me to take my personality out of my writing, I should have just taken the clue then that academic writing and probably academia altogether just weren't for me. Having said all that, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I've learned so much learning about your background, the places you've lived, and your incredibly rigorous work schedule. You are an inspiration. Thank you so much, Carol. This has been a pleasure, really. Um, yeah, academia isn't for everyone, I think. Although I have a brilliant daughter-in-law earning her doctorate right now in history. And um, I'm sure her writing will be much less dry than many, many academic treatises. I would hope that readers will find me at edithmaxwell.com, where Maddie Day also hangs out. And 
uh, sign up for my newsletter and on my website right on the front page and check out all my writings and my short stories. Um, I blog with the Wicked Authors, five, six of us, uh, New England, mostly New England mystery authors writing traditional and historical mysteries. And I blog with, uh, with mysteryloverskitchen.com and where you'll find a, an original recipe every day of the month. I'm there individually on the second and fourth Fridays and we have around the kitchen table discussions once a month and we have guests on Sundays and it's a great, great place to pick up some cooking tips from mystery authors, uh, except none of them include poison, naturally. And I always love it when people find me on Facebook at my Maddie Day slash Edith Maxwell author page and on Instagram and Twitter. Um, be well, everyone. Happy reading. And thank you for listening. And thank you, Carol, for inviting me over. Yes, all. Please do check out books under either Edith's name or Maddie Day's name. You're in for a real treat. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Please join me next time for episode 16 of Murder We Write. Who will our guest be? That's the mystery. Short Cast Club.